1: Each year, a national champion is crowned in college football. My guest today was part of the Penn State Nittany Lions 1982 National Championship team under head coach Joe Paterno. Mike Souter was a safety on that team and is here to talk about his time at Penn State and what drives him to be the man he is today. Mike, so good to have you on. Yeah,
2: Great. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, before we talk about the national championship team, we're going to Get some background in your history of playing football in general. At least in high school, it started off at Archbishop Moeller High School, where you had quite a team. I, it was like a Division One team. Yeah, I think you told me some crazy number of uh, members of that team who went on to play Division One football. But uh, Jerry Faust was the coach. Of course, he had great success at Moeller. But talk about your your time spent at Moeller, not only on the football field but in the classroom as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, Moeller was was a great opportunity for me my uncle was a coach and uh and taught there and I always knew I wanted to go to Moeller given their history not only on the football field and sports but also in in the classroom and their faith formation so it's just really blessed you know I lived two miles from the school and uh it was just a, a great experience for me and and foundational for the rest of my life for sure
1: now, you had aspirations to go to the University of Notre Dame. At least you followed that uh, team while you were in high school. But uh, they didn't recruit you, Mike. So uh, you had to play for a, a team in the state of Pennsylvania, coached by Joe Paterno. Tell us about how you wound up at Penn State and the recruiting process.
2: Sure, yeah. So, uh, you know, I was a good player, I would say, on a great team. Like you said, we had, I don't know, I think 16 kids uh, that went on to D1s uh somewhere in in the country. And, you know, being Catholic in Cincinnati, Notre Dame was my team. Used to watch the replays on Sunday afternoons, but uh, like you said, they didn't recruit me. So I was recruited by you know a lot of mid American conference schools and some, some other schools and some, some D one major D one programs, but Penn state was the most active uh, with me. And I always had a respect for Joe Paterno and Penn state. And it was really the easiest decision I've ever made. And, uh, Obviously, changed the arc of my life going there. So met my wife there, who was also a swimmer, a Penn, you know, an athlete there. So uh, we're we're Penn State proud for sure.
1: Yeah, you actually told me that uh, the swimming program was a little bit more rigorous than the football program there, as far as working out. Two,
2: they have two days every day. We just, <laughs> you know, had them like three weeks in the summer and we complained about it. So yeah, a lot harder to be a swimmer.
1: All right, well, let's tap into this national championship season. We could talk about all four years, but this uh, special season happened in nineteen. 19- 82. In fact, it was Joe Paterno's first national championship. And uh, Mike, you started off the season very well. I think Temple, Maryland, Rutgers, all victories. And then you played number two, Nebraska. It was a national uh, televised game. You won 27-24. They were ranked number two in the country. And then you had to go down to Birmingham, not Tuscaloosa, to play Alabama, who was coached by Bear, Brian, and what a game it was. Penn State came out on the losing side, but uh, you had an eventful game, Mike. Uh, maybe you could tell us about that.
2: Sure, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So we were, I think, like you said, uh, we were third in the country after the Nebraska game, and Alabama was fourth. And I was a backup safety, fully uh, backed up free and strong. Um, our starting safety that uh, year uh, got hurt in the second quarter, and I get thrust in. And we were losing. It was a tough game. We were down uh, throughout the whole game, we never had a lead. Uh, and I was having the game of my life. I think I had 10 tackles, had an interception in the end zone. And, uh, you know, my, my friends are going, You're going to be player of the game here. And uh, unfortunately, an incident happened in the late in the fourth quarter. It was fourth and short down, about four and a half minutes to go. And, uh we had a punt blocked earlier in the game and uh, I was the personal protector, of the up back on the, uh, the punt team. And I saw somebody I thought come through on the left and uh, I got back too far and inadvertently blocked my own team's punt with my elbow. So uh, I recovered the ball uh, and uh, Alabama unfortunately scored and we ended up losing the game. So uh, uh, my brother told me ESPN called me the loneliest man in college football that day. So it was a, it was a tough game, but it really galvanized us. Uh, we won the next seven games, four against uh, ranked opponents, and including we uh, beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl in 1982. So that was, um, you know, just a, it was a crazy experience for me. It just shows you the, the highs and lows of uh, in, in the same game.
1: So you have that low, but the next week you play Syracuse and you have a good game. So I bet you couldn't wait to play against Syracuse. But couldn't
2: I? Couldn't wait. You know, I couldn't wait. Obviously, to get that off my back and and get back on the field. And uh, fortunately for me, uh, you know, I, I had a, a chance to start the next game and had a really good game. And I, you know, I felt like I was a you know major contributor to that season, um, despite that eventful play. And um, yeah, it was a a crazy a crazy year, but you know, ended ended very well for all of us so uh you know to win a national championship and, and joe's first national championship was uh was special
1: yeah adversity does build character for sure blessed to play ron meyer chatting today with mike Souter. he played safety on the 1982 penn state nittany lions national championship football team and mike you mentioned that uh, you pretty much sailed through the rest rest of the season uh leading up to the sugar bowl for the national championship Playing against Herschel Walker and uh, in Georgia, in, in the in New Orleans in the Superdome, I mean a lot of fanfare. Everybody's watching this game. Talk about all the hype and everything leading up to that big game.
2: Yeah, it was it was really different because you know I had played in two bowl games before that. We played in the Fiesta Bowl mm-hmm. my uh, freshman and sophomore year, but they weren't for the national championship, and there was media and all the usual things. But the the level of of hype for a national championship. And it was a true national championship game before the BCS. We were number 2, Georgia was 1, so the winner took all kind of thing. So it was crazy. I mean, I remember the celebs that were there even back in in you know, 1982. Um it was it was crazy. It was surreal almost, you know. And then the, you know, a place like the the Superdome against the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, that year. So the the hype was just crazy. And it was in in Penn State, we played, we played a great game. We had a great game plan. We put nine in the box. We said, you know, let's let's make them throw on just to beat us. And, uh, it was, you know, it was a tough game, but we were, I think we were ahead the whole game. So, uh, and, uh, we ended up winning the national title.
1: So after winning that national championship, did it, did it change your life in any way?
2: Um, well, it was, other than you know it was just a great experience but then you know the next i was a junior and the the next year we had to come come back and play football so it it changed my life from the standpoint i always can say i was a national champion Mm -hmm. but you know you got to go back to work and life goes on and uh the next year my senior year we actually lost our first three games um and uh we ended up bouncing back and finishing the year eight and four and the last game i ever played was the aloha bowl we won beat a washington team and uh so we finished strong there, but you got—you know—you got to battle adversity always. Mm-hmm. It seems so. You got to—it's always about the next game and the next play. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of life lessons at Penn State.
1: And it's always good to have a trip to Hawaii to end your uh, college career.
2: Exactly. Yeah, not a bad place to go out, right?
1: <laughs> Blessed to play Ron Meyer. Joined today by Mike Souter. He played on the 1982 Penn State Nittany Lion uh, national championship football team. Mike, talk about, uh, you know, just playing competitive sports at a high level. You, you mentioned about dealing with adversity, but what are some of the things that part of the process or part of playing at such a high level that you carried with you in your life?
2: Yeah, great question. So to me, it's about, uh, to me, number one, it's discipline, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, great athletes out there, but to me, I always tried to maximize my talent. I knew what I needed to work on and, uh, I was always dedicated and disciplines, something I've tried to carry over to my life. In fact, I got my job with my current employer 39 years later because they had a good history of uh, athletes in their sales training program, and um, I, I ended up getting a job with them. They hired six Penn State football players. Because of that, they had a real, uh, you know, uh, affinity for Penn State in particular and uh, worked out well for me. So to me, it's just something I've carried over the way I live my life, uh, you know, Focus, you know. Try to be disciplined, and 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 also, uh, you know, having a degree of humility, which is we all have to have that as well. So there's a, you know, being an athlete, especially at, at a Division One school like Penn State, is, um, you know, it requires a lot of.
1: And even though you went to a secular institution, faith was a very much part of your life at Penn State as a Catholic coming from Archbishop Moeller.
2: Absolutely, I had a great faith formation. I was raised uh, Catholic. Uh, my parents were both Catholic, and, and I played for a great Catholic at uh, Moeller and Jerry Faust. Um, and then, you, you know, Joe Paterno was Catholic, and he wasn't as overt with his Catholicism and faith as Jerry Faust was. I mean, Jerry Faust is well known for, you know, St. Hail Mary's on the sideline and just, you know, we went to uh, Mass before every game, and, and there was, you know, chapel services and so on, so... Uh, you know, Joe was uh, a faithful man, too. I know he was. And uh, I was surrounded by some teammates that were were good Catholics and, and Christians. And, uh, you know, my faith was, you know, everybody has their ups and downs in their journey. But I felt like it uh, was fairly intact uh, at, at Penn State. My my like I said my wife was a student there and she was a Catholic. And, and we go to mass together and, and, you know, we've maintained that strong strong uh,
1: base uh, throughout our lives in fact you had uh, a great success against Notre Dame the team that you wanted to play for is that right
2: that's true yeah so at my uh, sophomore year was Jerry Faust first year at Notre Dame so mm-hmm. he went from a high school at Moeller to the head coach in Notre Dame which is unprecedented probably will never happen again and uh, we actually had Notre Dame scheduled uh, three years in a row and we're fortunate enough to beat them all three times so I felt well I felt bad for fuzzy uh it was it was you know bittersweet to to win though
1: blessed to play ron meyer chatting once again with mike Souter, former collegiate uh, athlete on the football side at penn state and mike uh you see the way football has uh turned uh today i mean it's a lot of big money even at the collegiate level are you, are you happy with the plight of football in general at the college level and also the nfl the way it, it's took a turn from a big revenue maker
2: well, you know, the NFL I think has always been about revenue, but the, I'm a little concerned about college. You know, this whole NIL thing is uh, troublesome to me because, you know, while well, I understand, you know, compensation is important, you can't you can't get a job, you can't work when you're playing, you know, any any sport uh, because of the time commitment. But this this NIL thing, I think it's a little it's the way I look at it, it's sort of unregulated and. They've got to get their arms around that. So I, I'm concerned about it, Ron, to be honest. I don't know where it's going. I think that the true amateurism of uh, college football is disappearing quickly.
1: Yeah, when you played the sport, it was a much tougher game, wouldn't you say? I mean, obviously, the quarterback wasn't uh, handled with like uh, you know kid gloves and you know, they weren't protected as well. But it was a much rougher environment for football in general.
2: Yeah, it was, you know, there worked it. And I think a lot of the changes they've made are, are for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the things that we did and went through uh, would never have happened, uh, you know, today. And uh, by the same token, the kids are so much bigger and faster. I mean, I look mm-hmm. at, we didn't have anybody that was 300 pounds on our team back in 1982. Uh, but now if you're not 300 pounds, you can't play the line. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just the, the speed and size, um, is is incredible and i think you know regulation on the safety front is is probably a good thing
1: yeah i think so too as far as concussions go and you know the injuries that uh, these football players sustain after their career that uh, it rears its ugly head and affects them in their everyday life. So uh, I think good measures on that side, but both the uh, NCAA and the NFL. Well, it's halftime here on Blessed to Play. We'll continue our discussion with Mike Souter, and we'll talk faith on the other side when Blessed to Play returns after this. (laughs)
2: Amazon Echo is a smart speaker that allows you to use just your voice. You can listen to EWT and radio just by saying, Alexa, play EWT and radio. Check out the Amazon
1: Echo today.
0: One of the most terrifying experiences in life is teaching your teenager to drive. (laughs) My daughter has this tendency to focus her attention right on the hood of the car. You see, she thinks that by focusing on the car itself, she'll keep it going in the right direction. Of course, there's no surer way to crash. Thankfully, she's slowly getting it. You only get where you want to go by fixing your eyes far ahead of your car. When you do that, you end up steering in the right direction. That's why worship is so important. We need a focal point that's far beyond ourselves to give us perspective and to keep our lives heading in the right direction. That focal point is the majesty and greatness of God. Try starting each day with your favorite worship song. And when you pray, don't just ask for stuff. You might end up more stressed than when you started because you sat in the presence of your problems and forgot the greatness of God. This is Krista Fanik from reallifecatholic.com. Cresta in the afternoon. Beloved and blessed. The Catholic Cafe. No one does Catholic radio like EWTN.
1: Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Mike Suter. And if you caught the first half of the show. You know, he was quite a football player at Penn State University. In fact, he was part of the 1982 national championship team under coach Joe Paterno. And uh, Mike has quite a Catholic formation, especially on the education side. He went to Archbishop Moeller High School in Cincinnati, was raised a cradle Catholic. And Mike, I know, knowing you and knowing your family, that faith is at the forefront and it continues to be till this day. But, um, Talk about why faith is important to you in general.
2: Well, it, you know, to me, we just have to recognize that that we are, you know, God's creatures and we are, uh, you know, in the scheme, scheme of things, very small and we have to understand the perspective. And to me, you know, having that faith foundation, you know, early on, I've al- I always believed in God and Jesus and it, it's been just so important. Uh, for me, in in every aspect of my life, and as I get older, it, I would say I'm becoming a, you know, in my faith journey, a better Catholic, better Christian, and more focused on, on that. And I'm always trying to be grateful for all the blessings that I've received and uh, my family and, and so on. So it's just, for me, it's everything. It starts there and everything else
1: is secondary. So Mike, you and your wife raised your, your children. And uh, I, 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 think I know one of them went to Moeller, maybe both, but uh, talk about that, raising them as Catholics and where they wound up at Moeller high school.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, we're obviously still active with, with Moeller high school. we, uh involved a lot of fundraising for them and contribute there because i think it's just a special place uh you know you know through these doors walk the men of molar um is on the sign when you walk in there and it it creates you know better men not of the world but for the world mm-hmm. and um you know i think that's a important and both my boys went there as you mentioned um we tried to instill them strong faith and, and, and that they hope they can carry with them the rest of their lives. Yeah, Mohler was very important to me and to us.
1: Well, that's a key word there, the formation, because when you're formed and then you have to go out into the world, into your respective place, whether it be occupationally, raising a family, and you're trained almost to be a good leader, a good faith, have a good faith formation behind you. Do you feel that Moeller did that for you uh, in a big way?
2: Absolutely. You know, they're big on, and still are, you know, servant leadership and giving back, um, to, uh, to the community and being an example, uh, you know, with your, your actions is more than words, you know, that, you know, you can tell somebody's a Christian, hopefully by how they, they treat other people.
1: So my talk about, I, I always like to get this out of athletes in general is that, you know, what fortifies you in your spiritual life? I know, you know, what you put in comes out, right? So, what is your go-to prayers or how do you start the day to get you spiritually uh, fortified and nourished?
2: Yeah, great question. So to me, again, I go back to the discipline. I'm I'm a very ritualistic person too. I like to do my regular thing. So the, what I do in the mornings is I say a rosary every day. I've been doing that for probably 10 years. Mm. Um, I read a book called Real Men Say the Rosary and it inspired me. And I think it's a, it's just an awesome prayer. If you can just do that, so I, I do that, and I have uh, I'm a dynamic Catholic ambassador, so I I get to push uh, you know videos from Matthew Kelly, and I'm doing you know best line ever now. So I get these push little snippet videos and challenges to make you a better version of yourself, as he likes to say. So you know those my go to prayers uh, is the Rosary.
1: Yeah, it's that's great to hear a guy say that because a lot of times it's misconstrued as. Uh, you know, the elderly ladies in the church are the only ones praying the rosary, but there's a number of men who like to pray it as well. And uh, what a great scriptural prayer to pray, too. Now, we're, we're, uh, we're taping the show during Lent, and Lent is always a great time for Catholics. It's uh, supposed to be a time of sacrifice, of giving up. But talk about this time of the year and what it does for you in general and also your spiritual life.
2: Yeah, so I'm trying to do, instead of giving up something this year, what I'm trying to do is even more on the uh, kind of formation side, if you will. So I, there's an app called Hallowed that you're probably familiar with, a mm-hmm. Catholic app, and I'm trying to do their, their, chat, their 40-day challenge. Uh, it's 12 to 15 minutes a day of, of a reflection and inspiration, different you know, different speakers and so on. Um, I'm trying to do adoration, Eucharistic adoration once a week and, and get up there and get just centered and, uh, our church has, has that adoration chapel. So those are, are two things that I'm doing in addition to the, like I said, the best Lent ever, I get pushed to me every day and, and listening to those, uh, videos and challenges.
1: Well, talk about your wife, Shirley, I know she's in, on this journey with you and on the spiritual journey as well. And, uh, talk about some of the things you do together to fortify your spiritual life.
2: Yeah. So one of the things that we do is, uh, you know, obviously we go to mass together, um, prep for meals and things like that, but we'll walk with the dogs and then we'll say a rosary uh, as well there, so sometimes I get two rosaries in a day. It just depends, right? so <laughs> we do do that together uh, she's she's awesome, as you know, she's very active in our church, and um, you know she is a, a a great role model for me to try to live live up to uh, how she you know lives her life for others
1: so Mike, let's get into you know. Uh... One of your uh, your sons, who has been a past guest on the show, Brent, is a Major League Baseball pitcher for the Colorado Rockies, and you have to sit through games when Brent pitches, and I want to know how that is, but uh, I bet your faith comes in handy when you have to watch your son pitch and you're in the stands.
2: Amen, man. So, yeah, extra rosaries for those. Yeah, it's, I don't know, being the father of a pitcher is just, it's hard. I think if everybody's out there, it's, their kids pitch at any level. I've been like this since he was in little league. I don't know what it is. It's just, I agonize over every pitch, you know, and he's obviously pretty good, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's tough, uh, but it's been on What a blessing, right? So he was, you know, late round draft pick and, you know, made it to the, to the show. This is his eighth major league season, but you know, he is grounded. You've talked to him, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's a good kid, you know, he's balanced and, and he knows what's important. And, uh, you know, it, like I like to think some of that was from Shirley and and, and me, and you know, can, conveying what was important and and that
1: sort of thing. And your other son fulfilled a dream that uh, you had, but never made it to that institution. He went to the University of Notre Dame.
2: He did, yeah. We're so proud, and what a great school too. He had a wonderful experience there. As parents dropping him off at Notre Dame, I just felt so blessed and that he was in such a good spot you know one of the things they do at notre dame like 80 percent of the kids go to mass because they have it in the mm-hmm. in the dorms and and troy's still you know great friends with the kids he graduated with now and and uh, yeah, he was smart enough to get in notre dame i wasn't
1: <laughs> well our nation and our country went through some uh is going through, I should say, some tumultuous years, uh, going back four years ago, and I know you're in a position maybe to talk to other Catholic men and people who become disheartened on this journey. What would be your message to men or just people in general going through these tough times with faith at the forefront?
2: Yeah, you you got to keep uh, to me. What's keep your eye on the Lord, eye on Jesus. You know what's because this this wall pass. You know we're I'm reading a book right now it's, you know, kind of um, sobering a bit, it's called the fourth quarter, you know? So you're, you know, basically in the fourth, I'm in the fourth quarter of my life and mm-hmm. I want to finish strong because you don't know what you've got, how many days you got left. And mm-hmm. so I would say that what, you know, focus on what's important. Um, I'm active in also my church. We have a a, a father's team group. We've been getting together and I've been going for close to 20 years and there's like 60 guys that get up and meet on Friday mornings at 6.03 in the morning and uh, share faith and just it's men, you know, iron sharpening iron is one of the Proverbs says, right? So I've found that very helpful to me. Uh, I guess my weekend started off in in a good way, you know, early Friday morning, we're, we're, you know, talking about uh, things that are important and, uh, reading some scripture and that sort of thing and doing reflections. And so to me, it's, if you can, especially for men, you know, staying connected with other men and, uh, you know in talking more than just sports right it's talking about stuff that really matters
1: yeah and there's some parallels too because i think when you played obviously college football your your goal was to win a national championship and your goal as a man or as a child of god is to get to heaven and they're both attainable right um and uh i guess the uh, second one is actually more attainable because if you if you live the right life you will get there right um, if you, if you play the best, yeah,
2: you know, one of the things I try to balance is doing the right thing and, and, you know, we can't earn our way there. It's mm-hmm. it's a gift. We just have to accept the yes. And, and the yes means living how, how God wants you to live. Right. And I, again, I go back to, you know, living a life lived for others is the only one that's really worth living. So trying to do that, um, you know, we all, we all fall and, and, you know, we're all broken, um. And we, but we just got to pick ourselves back up and keep our eye on the prize.
1: Mike in our remaining moments here I know you live in Cincinnati so is it all things Cincinnati we're going Bengals Reds Is that uh, where the well not Reds anymore I shouldn't say that it's Rockies now
2: <laughs> yeah I used to be right I grew up in the 70s in the big red machines I was a huge Reds fan but when you're I found out quickly when your son plays for a competitor your allegiances change so uh, I'm now I'm now a Rockies guy I gotta get I got to get new Rockies. I get Rockies wear because i got all my Brewer stuff in storage now.
1: That's right. And you may have to bring your oxygen tank with you when you go out to Denver to, to watch some games.
2: Exactly. That's true. Very
1: true. <laughs> well, it's been a lot of fun chatting with Mike Suter. He played safety on the Penn State Nittany Lion 1982 National Championship football team. And obviously, he's a man of faith, had great formation at Moeller. And his, I think his parents did a pretty good job as well. Mike, thanks so much. I appreciate the time. And uh, best wishes to you as a Major League Baseball pitcher's father. I, I wish you all the best with that.
2: Great. Thanks, Ron. Really appreciate it.
1: Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at com. That's blessed2play.com. You can like us on Facebook and hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Mike Suter, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here
0: on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.